0: When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly, crack a smile. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the best damn movie related show here on the internet. This show host is always a movie that was tonight, John DeGorio, and it's an honor and a privilege to be able to talk about movies in front of a virtual water cooler. And for today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about Kobe Bryant. I know that his death is almost a week now, and it's been get this, it's actually been on my mind through the whole entire week of how shocking this news actually is. And I know I actually talked about his passing and everything else on Hotel Nerd, which is actually my friend's podcast. But I want to have a one-on-one conversation with my fans out of the respect for you guys and also out of the respect for Kobe Bryant because I want to go on ahead and talk about it and give him the respect that he actually deserves I'm not saying that I didn't give him the respect that he that he deserved on Hotel Nerd it's just that I wanted to be able to talk about this with my audience as well. And so I'm going to be talking about that. Then Lethal Weapon 5 is it happening or is it not happening? I'm going to go get into that. Uh, The Crow reboot is back on at Sony. I'm going to be talking about that. And then Matrix 4 begins filming in San Francisco February 5th and March 1st. Then Ron Perlman and Jenkins join Del Toro's Nightmare Alley with Bradley Cooper and Cate Blanchett. So let's go ahead and talk about Kobe Bryant for a minute. First off, I just want to say this right off the bat. I'm not the biggest Kobe Bryant fan. And I don't mean that in any disrespect or anything like that, or any shape or form. It's just that I was born a Celtics fan. I'm from Boston. As soon as you come out of the womb, you basically already have a Red Sox jersey, a Bruins jersey, a Celtics jersey, and a Red, like I said, and a New England Patriots jersey. So those are the teams that I followed since I was a kid, and. Not only that, but I even was a little bit of a Michael Jordan fan back in the day as well. But with Kobe and everything. And this is just me as a person that's just talking about basketball for a minute. I always felt like he was just a ball hog. Always wanted to be in the spotlight. He was just a diva in front of Shaquille O'Neal and stuff like that. And that's all he was. And, you know, I believe in this. And this is what I believe in. You can change your mind at any given moment about somebody. Given the certain facts that you actually see. And, you know, going back and playing through the tapes on YouTube. Stuff like that. I saw the legacy that Kobe was actually bringing. And I didn't realize this. But him and MJ actually played basketball on on the same court, but on opposite t- teams. But it made me realize that there was a new era for the newer generation during that time with the Lakers. And it was actually introducing a newer crowd. And the, basically, Michael Jordan's era is pretty much over with. And now there's the Kobe Bryant era. Just like how Kobe Bryant has gone, and now you actually have LeBron James now front and center. But here's the thing. When this, act, when this news actually happened, I was actually home and the phone, my phone buzzed with the notification. I looked at it. My whole entire thing of him being a diva, him doing all this other stuff, I, it was just me as a person where I ended up breaking away from that and realizing he's gone. And, you know, it's just surprisingly, it was shocking. To actually know that Kobe is no longer with us. And it made, left me emotional. Not only that, but I was also praying too that his family wasn't with him during this helicopter crash. I was praying that, you know, it was just Kobe and not his daughter or his wife or anybody else. And then a couple of hours later, my phone buzzed again. And it was his daughter that died with him. And my heart just sank in my chest because I couldn't imagine losing your daughter and also your husband in a helicopter crash at the same time. And I'm also going to get into the other thing too because I know some people are probably wondering, okay, Kobe's Kobe was in there, but what about the other passengers that was with him? The baseball coach and a couple of other passengers. They're not get this. I'm going to be honest with you. They're people just like Kobe Bryant is people. And everything, and they deserve to be talked about. Like Kobe Bryant deserves to be talked about. And it's devastating on that end as well because of the fact that families lost somebody that they loved. And that made me feel even more emotional as well because of the fact that, you know, you have these families that are now having to bury somebody that they didn't even expect to be burying somebody. And then also losing their husband or their or anybody in their family, father or husband, dying in this plane crash. It's sad. It's devastating. It's something that I couldn't even imagine having to do. And like I said, I'm not the biggest Kobe Bryant fan. But I learned how to separate myself, being a sports fanatic, to being a human being. And... On my human being side, I really feel bad for the, for his family. I feel bad for the coach that the baseball coach that got killed in the helicopter crash. I mean, it's just one of those things that you just don't even expect. And not only that, but you know, when someone as young as Kobe is, how do you go about saying that? You know, I'm sorry for your loss and everything else. Especially whenever he was he died at such a young age. And I lost two of my best friends, this is just an example, back when I was in high school. And, you know, I remember seeing my best friend's mo- mother cry. And, you know, when somebody's older, it's like, you know, at least he's not suffering anymore. At least, you know, he's moved on to a better place because he lived his life. And whenever it came down to someone that's young around my age, it's like, what do I say? What do I do in that situation? Under those circumstances. Because you don't ex- you weren't expecting that person to go that early. And the same can be said for these people that were on the helicopter. It's like, what do you say? What do you do? In that cir- circumstance. And everything. All I can do. Because, you know. All I can do is pray for those people. And hope that. And try and actually tweet out to Kobe's uh, wife and everything, tell her, look, I'm praying for you, you're my thoughts, and stuff like that, even on her Instagram, she just activated her Instagram recently, and then, of course, you know, another thing, too, is with the baseball coach, lift up that family as well, because that family is going to need all the support in the world now, because the father, he was a father, he was also a husband, and I can't even imagine what his wife is feeling right now, either. Like I said, not one side is better than the other. It's just that it so happens to be they were on the same helicopter that Kobe Bryant was. And because Kobe is famous, because Kobe's a legend in the basketball, basketball, athletics, and sports, of course, they're going to be talking about him more than the average person. And to me, that shouldn't be. It should be on both sides of everything. That's just how I look at it. And, you know, it's just one of those devastating things that I just felt like I needed to talk about. And I'm always the type of person that is not just one direction where I feel, uh, where I look at things at both sides of the coin. I'm not one of those people that are like, okay, this is how I feel and that's it. I always try and question things because that's what I was always taught when I was younger, was question things and learn from both ends, and not just from one end. And that's how I am. There's one side of me that's a that's not a Kobe Bryant fan, but I can separate myself from sports long enough to actually care about somebody. While the other side and everything, it doesn't really matter what I think about Kobe or anything like that because he's now gone or and stuff like that. And it's just one of those things. So, I didn't mean to get into that emotional topic or anything like that. It's just something that's been on my mind. Something that I feel like that needed to be talked about. And I wanted to be open and honest and as professional as I can without disrespecting Kobe. And I hope that I actually did that in this part of the podcast. So, now let's go with a little bit of a lighter note (laughs) and everything. So... As everybody knows, everybody's been wanting a Lethal Weapon 5 since 1998. And there was no talks or anything like that. And, you know, it's been 22 years since Lethal Weapon 4 actually came out. And that's actually longer than the Bad Boys franchise and everything. Longer than Will Smith and Martin Lawrence have been in since the second Bad Boys movie. And I feel like this. And... I really don't want to bet another Lethal Weapon 5 movie. I just don't. Murtaugh will be 90 years old carrying a Smith and & Weston. And then you also have Mel Gibson. And I here's the thing. Mel Gibson did some messed up stuff in the past. You know? I'm always rooting for the guy to actually make a comeback. Especially after he opened up a can of worms. Especially the things that he had said. And oozed out of his mouth. Like a venomous snake. But, you know saying stuff and doing things in that industry can either make you or break you and it broke him but i always wanted him to actually have a comeback later on in life to where it's like okay the dust has finally settled you can come back and do movies again you don't have to keep directing movies and hide behind a camera go on ahead and make another movie and he also did the expendables uh one of the expendables movies and i thought he did a fantastic job with that But let's think of it like this. It's been years since the last Expendables movie that he was in. Which I forgot which part he was actually in. But it's been years since we actually saw him in that kind of role. And he's also aged now. And I just feel like, you know, it's too little too late. It's been 22 years since I'll the Weapon 4. And the thing that ticks me off. And this is just a little pet peeve. This is my pet peeve. So I'll take it with me. Is when movies go ahead and they go and give you a montage of every single film that this person's been in. And these characters that you've been traveling with throughout the time. And they end it on a high note. And you get to revisit all those scenes all over again with, the, with that montage that they actually have. With, those, um, with every single picture that they actually show. And that, to me, was a perfect way to actually end the Weapon 4. And It's also the same thing with Paul Walker. Whenever he passed away, we actually got to see him with that slideshow that Van Diesel did for him for Fast 7. And whenever I heard the news that they might be putting Brian back in the new Fast and the Furious movie, which I don't think they are doing now, but at that time, I remember feeling angry because of the fact is. Why are you trying to put Brian back in whenever Paul Walker passed away? And I'm not saying that anyone passed away with Lethal Weapon movie or anything like Lethal Weapon 4 or anything like that. But why are you going to give us a slideshow when you're going to try and make another film to make us remember certain scenes that we already seen? It doesn't do anything. That slideshow doesn't mean a hell of high water or anything because of the fact that, you know... All that, all that credibility that you put into your last film, putting that slideshow together, is now gone. And us caring about that fourth film is now gone to the point where we want to have a fifth film. And, you know, Joe Pesci's older now. You also have Danny Glover, who actually starred in the new Jumanji movie. He's older now. Mel Gibson's older now. Chris Rock was in his prime back in 1998. And everything. He was hitting all the, all the beats, if you think about it. I mean, his stand-up was just phenomenal. He was killing it at both ends with his comedies and everything else. But another thing I want to mention, too. This is also not set in stone that this movie is actually going to happen. just so happens to be one of the producers was on a show. And he said, yeah, everybody's coming back. Everybody is coming back for this fifth Lethal Weapon movie. But there's no script. So basically, there's something to talk about, but there's nothing really to talk about other than the fact that everybody's signed on. Everybody is excited about making another Lethal Weapon movie, but there's no script involved. So why are they actually excited to do this when there's no script involved? But I really don't want to see another Lethal Weapon movie. I like Martin Riggs. I like Mel Gibson as Martin Riggs. I love Danny Glover as Marta, But and I also like Joe Pesci as Leo Getz. And to me, I really don't care about seeing another Lethal Weapon movie. I much rather see another Bad Boys movie. At least Will Smith and Ron and Lawrence are still fresh in their, in their prime in a certain sense. To the point where I, where I want to see them in those roles again. But for Lethal Weapon 5, it's a no-go for me. I'm just not that excited and everything. So that's that. So now I'm going to talk about Disney Plus released some information yesterday about uh, the Mighty Ducks uh, spinoff show. And it's actually going to have, like I mentioned before, Emilio Estevez as Coach Bombay. And I'm actually truly excited for this. And they actually gave me, they actually have a character sheet. As a matter of fact, I have the character sheet on, the, on our Facebook page at Movie Lovers Unite. You can go in and check that out. But... The character sheet and everything that they actually gave us was really good. I really loved how they actually set those characters up for what's based on paper. But what's on paper and what we actually see is two different things. But it makes me excited to actually see what Coach is up to nowadays and stuff like that. Especially since the D3, Mighty Ducks when to play that in that little small cameo as the lawyer. Representing the Ducks at that, um, in that high school But another thing, too, was that I'm actually that that I'm actually excited about is the fact I I hope that I actually see Charlie. I hope I actually see the Bash brothers. I know for a fact we're not going to go see we're not going to see Goldberg because of the fact that Goldberg has actually been the actor who plays Goldberg is actually uh, not doing so hot. He's actually addicted to drugs, methamphetamines and stuff like that. And he looks rough. I feel bad for anybody that's actually going through drug addictions and doing stuff like that. But for the most part and everything, I'm excited to see the Ducks back again. I want to see the Bash Brothers. I want to see what they've been up to. I want to see how this new age of music and heavy metal and and the, and see if they actually are still headbangers and see how their music and this new age music and see how that actually clashes together because I think that would be actually pretty neat to actually see but another thing too is it's actually going to be where coach Bombay is helping this troubled teen out and try and find their place in this world and uh, with hockey so that's what I'm excited about I'm excited about the plot points I'm excited about seeing maybe some cameos I'm excited all the way around for this show. I love D3. I love D2. And I even like Mighty Ducks Part 1. This franchise was one of my favorite franchises to actually watch as a kid. And then I remember one of my friends and I talking at at the lunch table in fifth grade. Was like, could you imagine if they went further with the D3? And all of a sudden now they're actually doing that. By the way, I want my cut of the money when you guys actually do that, Disney. So I do appreciate you guys actually listening in on my friend's conversation back in fifth grade. But, anyways, that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about the Mighty Ducks being on Disney Plus. I'm glad that Disney Plus is actually now releasing Willow as well. And this is actually going to be the continuation of where. The original film actually left off and everything, so I'm excited about that. I'm glad that we're getting more original content with Disney+. Plus. Like I said, they need to put out more uh, original content than what they're already giving us. Especially after that high note with The Mandalorian. But, you know, that's just how I'm looking at it. Excuse me. But, um, now I'm going to be talking about The Crow Reboot. Now... As everybody knows, there's been a series of directors leaving. A studio went bankrupt. Jason Momoa was supposed to play Eric Draven. (coughs) Whether or not he's still attached to that or not, that's another thing. Because last time I heard, he's not attached to it at all anymore. But that's what made me excited for the reboot was because of Jason Momoa. But if he's not attached to it, I'm not excited for the Crow reboot. Matter of fact, even after they announced it and stuff like that after they announced, hey, look, this reboot is now back off again. I've lost all interest in this whole, in this reboot altogether. But if they do release the golden nugget of saying Jason Momoa is still attached to it, I'm going to be excited for it, but I'm also going to be apprehensive about it. Just like how I'm apprehensive about a spectacle. And get this, I'm actually not... And here's the thing. Sony has been one of those places where you know, they've been putting hold on certain projects like Uncharted at the point where I'm actually hesitant about that too because of the fact that, look at the series of directors that left. I was like, well, keep hope alive. I kept hope alive for this. I'm excited for an Uncharted movie and stuff like that. But the realization, the tambalization, and that's what I'm going to call it, the tambalization, which is the realization that this movie may not or may get may get made. And... You know, and they even put on hold with He-Man as well. Masters of the Universe is back on hold again. You have three major franchises, and Sony needs a franchise and everything to keep them afloat. And there's nothing there right now to keep them afloat. And Uncharted, for me, I would love for them to actually say, Hey, look, we're going on ahead. We're shooting this thing tomorrow and everything. It's in the can. We have our director now. We're gonna go on ahead and give them the green light. We're gonna go down there and go wherever and we're gonna start filming. I'll be excited once they actually start production. But right now, I'm not excited for that. I'm not excited for all my excitement for Uncharted has left, especially when we had series of directors that left, series of actors that left too. Same thing with the Crow reboot. I'm not excited for the Crow reboot. Because they keep on saying Oh, you know, this director left because of creative differences. This actor left because of creative differences. Uh, The studio ran out of money and everything, so therefore we're not going to do it. So now we have to look for a new studio, which is actually Sony. And now Sony is now saying that the Crow reboot is now dead. Now it's alive again based off of Blaine Disgusting's report. And I just don't see this Crow reboot actually happening at all at any point. And I'm going to be honest with you, I love the very first film with Brandon Lee. I love the third one with Crow Salvation. The soundtrack, the two soundtracks are just phenomenal. It puts you in that whole entire world of the Crow. And I've also liked the uh, the graphic novel, but I I appreciate the graphic novel, even though the graphic novel was actually James Obor's way of actually coping with his wife's death with getting hit by a drunk driver and stuff like that. And it was totally, completely different than what the actual Crow movie was. And I think it's the reason why I like the Crow movie with Brandon Lee more is because that's where I was actually gravitated towards whenever I first saw the film. Because I didn't read the comic first. I watched the film first. And then, a couple of years later, I bought the graphic novel. And, you know, I didn't care for the graphic novel as much as the movie. And I think that, and like I said, that's just because of the fact that I was more familiar with the movie rather than the graphic novel and there's nothing bad about that or anything. It's just that that's what I was accustomed to. but for right now with the crow reboot, I'm gonna say that this this thing is probably gonna be once again shut down. I'm gonna until I actually see that they are gonna break ground that's when I'm gonna actually say okay, they're actually gonna go through with it. I'm actually glad that they're actually choosing to go through with it. And then the same thing with the Uncharted movie. I want to be excited for the Uncharted movie, but at the same time, I'm apprehensive because of the fact that how many times have they said that, look, we went on ahead. We greenlit this movie. It's happening. We're going to start filming. And then they have to push back the release date. And it has nothing to do with Tom Holland's schedule at all. And and the reason why I mentioned that is because even in the group that I'm in, they're like, oh, Tom's a busy man. Tom has nothing to do with the scheduling conflicts or anything. And it has everything to do with uh the uh Tom Knight I think was the director that just left the project. You have directors leaving this project over creative differences. It has nothing to do with the actors or anything. You guys are blind to your own understanding to know that this is not happening right now and everything. And you know, you guys have blinders right now. You guys don't see what I'm seeing and everything, and that's okay. But you know, when you see the facts right there on the on the paper, saying, looking at it and saying, "Well, you have this director left because of this purpose, this actor left because of this, and this is why we have to go back and push back our release date because we don't have a director now to actually do this movie." You guys, and then you guys are well, like, well, the actor and everything, you know, Tom's a busy man. No, Tom is not a busy man. It's the fact that they don't have a director now, and that's it. But I'm not that excited right now for Uncharted. So let's go ahead and move on to a Matrix 4. Matrix 4 is going to begin filming in San Francisco on February 5th and, and March 1st. And a matter of fact, the news broke. And, f- and this is actually supposed to be a code word that people were actually using for extras. And it was called Project Ice Cream. And it was so happens to be that it was led up for Matrix 4. And like I said, it's going to be begin filming in San Francisco on February fifth and March first. And this actually makes me excited because of the fact that they're actually going to be breaking ground in February. And I don't know if March first is actually going to be the end of the filming. If they do that, is kind of a uh, to me is a kind of a rush. I'm hoping that they're just using that as a they go on ahead and shoot in another month, so the way. They can uh have another location, or if this thing is actually gonna just take place in one location, I don't know. But it makes me excited that you know this the sequel is actually gonna happen with Keanu Reeves and it's gonna be opening up against John Wick at the box office, and pretty much Neo versus John Wick is gonna be kicking each other's ass at the box office to see who can top who first. (laughs) And you know, I would like to actually see that movie. I would like to see John Wick versus Neo. That's what I like to see. But I'm excited for a Matrix 4, and I hope that you guys are too. That's not There's not really much to go on other than the fact that, you know, it was the whole entire Project Ice Cream thing that I actually found kind of funny for a code word to represent the fact that they were looking for extras for the Matrix 4. So, there's that. So, for my last topic that I really want to talk about, and this is actually something I'm actually excited about, is the fact that it's a... It's a uh, Del Toro, Gilmore Del Toro movie. And I love Gilmore Del Toro when it comes down to his original work, like The Shape of Water, Pan's Labyrinth. And then you also have uh, a couple of other movies that he actually had that I really liked, like Hellboy, Hellboy 2. Then you also had uh, that romantic, gothic kind of movie that was actually not a horror movie, but was a romance movie. That was pretty decent for what it was, but... What I love about this film in particular is the fact that, number one, you have Ron Perlman right now that's going to be joining the cast with Bradley Cooper. Jenkins is going to be joining this movie. And then you also have Kate Blanchett that's going to be in this movie. And this movie is actually going to be called Nightmare Alley. And, and it's an, a bit about an ambitious young carny who is going to be played by Bradley Cooper. With a talent for manipulating people with a few well-chosen words. Hook, and he ends up hook, hooking up with a female psychiatrist. And she winds up becoming the manipulator. To me, this is an awesome idea for a movie. Because of the fact that psychiatrists can actually get in your head. And, as a matter of fact, I'm actually writing a screenplay sort of like this, but a little bit different. But psychiatrists can have a way of reversing psychology on you to where they're actually in your head. And then the, once they're in your head, they can actually manipulate you and make you think certain things that may, may or may not be true. And then you actually have Bradley Cooper, who's actually a carny, who is actually built on conning people out of their money and stuff like that, too. He's like, conning people are like hustlers in a certain sense of when you look at different types of things, what they do with their game, with games. Uh, freak shows, different things like that. Matter of fact, I would think that Rob Zombie would have actually been a perfect little cameo because here's the thing. The whole reason why Rob is the way he is is because he used to be in a carnival with his parents. And one day and everything, the carnival caught on fire or something winded up happening. And at that point in time, Rob's parents were like, you know what? This is not the place for a kid or anything like that. We're gonna go on ahead and be the best parents that we can possibly be and pull him out of this thing. I just can imagine the the like I can imagine like summer vaca him coming back from school on a summer vacation and be like, Hey, you know what happened at the carnival today? We had a fire. That was pretty awesome. Then we had a bearded man and everything and some stuff went on ahead with him but i think that that's just my way of just joking around about it but anyways back to this whole entire thing i love the concept of a conny person that is known for probably conning or hustling people out of their money and then he meets up with a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist can do a lot of damage to your mind said and stuff like that if you think about it because, like I said, they have ways to actually do reverse psychology to where they can actually get in your mind to make you think think about something that may or may not be true. And they can actually manipulate your mind that way. But I love the original concept with Gilmore Del Toro doing this. I'm a big fan of his. I love his films, like I mentioned. And... I'm not sure if this is going to be like, like I mentioned before, with the carnival, like a uh, carny, like as in freak shows and stuff like that, or if it means like carnival as in a fair type of carnival where you actually see people uh conning people out of playing games and stuff like that and riding on rides. So I'm not sure what kind of level they're actually going on when they say carny, but I'm excited for it. I think Bradley Cooper is going to be able to kill this role, no pun intended. But I'm excited because Cate Blanchette is just amazing in just about anything that she does. And also had the hots for in Thor Ragnarok. So, there's that. So, anyways, that's going to do it for me for tonight. I hope that you guys enjoyed the topics that I actually talked about. And if you have any questions or anything, go on ahead. I'm going to have a description in the link below in the in, below we can guys can actually send me in some voicemail messages and stuff like that because i'm kind of curious about what you guys have to say and not only that but i would like to actually answer some questions that you guys might have whether it's about these topic discussions or anything else that you might see floating around on facebook or anything like that with movie related questions i'm here to answer anything that you have i'll research it i'll build on it i'll do anything that you guys would like for me to do to research a certain topic for you so anyways, that's gonna do it for me for movie lovers at night, and until next time, bye bye.